You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. So as I prayed expectantly for 2015, God firmly and deeply imprinted something on my heart. He basically said to me, you need to become more obedient and more dependent. As I sought God's heart and tried to find out what the heck those two words meant and what he was trying to say, I realized that God was calling me to be more dependent on him and more obedient to him. Because not long after this, I was reading in Acts that, that the early disciples had to reduce their workload as they got too busy. Sounds like me and you, right? Always wanting to be able to reduce our workloads, always getting too busy. Well, back in the New Testament church, the, new, the disciples faced the same issue. It says in Acts 6.4 that we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. That we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Since this is what God has been stirring in my heart, I felt compelled to share it this morning. So over the next two weeks, as I was saying before, I have the privilege of, having, of doing a series here. And we're going to explore, number one, being dependent on God. And number two, being obedient to God. But this week we're focusing on being dependent on God through prayer. So what are some of the things that you are dependent on for the day-to-day life? Your phones, wallets, handkerchiefs, <laughs> the occasional tissue, your friends, family members. There's a lot of things out there that we become very, very dependent on. I know for one... This bad boy is what I'm dependent on. I'm addicted. I need my mobile phone. Heck, if I lost my mobile phone, I think I'd be in tears. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably have to just go away and think, and I'd probably start mourning and working out what my next steps were. But to be honest, I'd get really, really frustrated because I'm a little bit stingy and I'll realise that I haven't actually paid insurance for my phone. <laughs> but seriously, I wouldn't know what to do. I think back to the good old days when phones weren't even around. What on earth did I do when I was growing up? My parents would drop me at the shops and I would just meet them back there at 2pm? Today that's unheard of. I wouldn't know what to do without my phone right now. It is my everything. It's my maps. If I ever get lost in Sydney, which happens a lot because I'm actually not from here, I'm constantly going down the wrong street and then realising there's no right turn and no right turn and no right turn, I'd be stuffed. I also use it for things like looking through useless tweets that Warnie posts up or things like silly Facebook statuses that my mates do. Always looking at people's breakfast on a Sunday morning on Instagram. You name it, my iPhone does it. 
But unfortunately, I've become too dependent on it instead of being dependent on God. So I want to turn to Matthew 6, 9-13 and read from the Word this morning. Please turn with me. We should all know this passage quite well. It's the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Wow, it's a pretty powerful passage, right? When you, take, when you stand back and take a look, it's crazy. I wish I spent more time praying like that. Being a man of God who spoke like that and prayed in faith like that. You see, for me, unfortunately, I've got to admit that prayer is a bit like getting a haircut. Some of you look at me confused going, what the heck are you talking about right now? So for the last month, I've been needing a haircut. As my wife, Abby, will know, I've been nagging and nagging and nagging, wanting a haircut so badly. It's hot, it's summer, well today it's barely not, but it's getting hotter. I sweat, I just don't like having a lot of hair. But the thing is, I've been blaming Abby because she's just started cutting my hair and experimenting and I've been going, babe, you've got to start prioritising it more. Come on, babe, I just want to get my hair cut now. But as all men will know, never blame your wife. You're also probably thinking, what am, I, what am I doing? What am I talking about? Why is my wife cutting my hair? This guy's either a student or he's Scottish. But I have to tell you guys, I'm actually both. Well, we always find excuses, like I do with my hair. We always blame others. Oh, I'm not going to pray because of this. I'm not going to pray because of that. We constantly make excuses and we choose to not prioritize prayer. I know I could pray and I should pray, but the reality is I just don't. Is it just me or is your prayer life like that too? We know we should pray. We think we can do it later. There's always tomorrow. Yet every time, every time I look at the life of Christ, I am challenged because I realize that Jesus Christ prioritized prayer. At 30 different times, we see Jesus slipping away to pray and to be dependent on the Father. If we're honest, how often have we ever slipped away to pray? How often do we ever spend quiet time with God? I know for me, before significant events, like the life, like Jesus did in his life, 
I often get caught up in my own agenda and forget to pray and commit it to God. I don't know about you, but I'm a complete and utter yes man. I hate to admit it, but when my mate says, Jesse, what are you up to this Savo? I want to come do this, and I've got to do something. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Jesse, what are you doing tomorrow? Can you come help me with this? Yeah, man, sounds good. Jesse, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. And I constantly and constantly say yes. And I never get round to saying no. I don't know why. But just a month ago, I said yes to two different workplaces on the same day. My week was just looking hectic. I don't know why I did it. And I realized at the end of the week that I was ruined, that I was tired, that I was stressed. I was just plain overwhelmed. But you see, Jesus, he was never overwhelmed by the day ahead because Jesus prioritized dependence on the Father through prayer. I'm slowly but surely taking baby steps and learning the habit of prioritizing prayer. And that's what gets me every time I look at the life of Christ. Because prayer completely and utterly saturated every aspect of his life and ministry. His ministry began in prayer and ended in prayer. For Jesus, prayer was a source of strength. A time to learn his father's heart and his father's desire for his life. It was this guidance which Jesus depended on to determine his next move, day in, day out. I've learned way too quickly that in youth ministry, that just doesn't happen. In youth ministry, there's always something to do. There's always someone to help. The need is so great. But in Jesus' day, the need was no less greater. Yet he still somehow prioritized God. I remember coming home one Friday night and reflecting with Abby, my wife, as we both serve in youth ministry, going, what the heck was that all about? That was World War III. It was utter chaos in there. The kids were yelling, screaming, throwing things, being rude, arrogant, noisy. Everything you wouldn't want them to do, they were doing on a Friday night. But it wasn't until afterwards that we chatted and laughed and sucked a little bit that we realized we got so caught up in our own agenda that we'd actually forgotten to pray. Ever since then, I learned the hard lesson that I would, abs- that I would be absolutely crazy to not pray and to not prioritize prayer. So how on earth should we pray? What does the scripture Tell us about prayer. The one thing in scripture that Jesus' disciples asked him to do, the one thing in scripture that Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them was pray. So as we read out the Lord's Prayer this morning, what can it tell us about prayer? You see, in Luke 11, verse 1, it says, Lord, teaches to pray. The disciples didn't ask Jesus how. They simply demanded Jesus show them. 
as modern day onlookers, we might look at that and go, what? I don't get it. Why on earth do you just simply ask, teach us how to pray? But see, we've completely missed the point. He could have asked to be taught anything, and surely Jesus would have taught him. Surely he already knew how to pray. No, what that disciple that day was really saying was, you have such a hunger and heart for God. I want that, Lord. We want that, Lord. Teach us how to pray like that, Lord. How on earth are we going to get that, Lord? See, what strikes me through the disciple asking this is the fact that Jesus obviously modeled something that was so different, so profound, so supernaturally of God that they couldn't fathom and understand it. They obviously prayed. They were obviously good Jews. But Jesus' prayer life was so different. It was so countercultural. It wasn't religious. Jesus flipped prayer on its head. For Jesus, prayer was about being in relationship with and being dependent on the Father. You see, the Lord's Prayer shows us a simple biblical framework for prayerful dependence. And let me just run through these for you. Number one, adoration. Praising God for who he is. Number two, submission. Humbling ourselves before God. Number three, requests. Asking God to provide all we need. And number four, confession. Admitting to God about our present sin and state. Number five, Help, asking God for guidance. And number six, thanksgiving, expressing our gratitude towards our great God. See, as Christians, Jesus' life should challenge us to become completely and utterly dependent on God through prayer. God wants us to pray and believe that his kingdom will come, that his will will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. God wants to imprint on our heart where we fall short, where we aren't dependent on him for all we need each day. He desires for us to know that he loves us, that he forgives us no matter what. But he wants us to be willing to forgive others first. Especially those who have hurt us so badly that we couldn't even fathom forgiving them. That is why Jesus calls us to pray for our enemies and those who have wronged us. God wants us to not be tempted by the enemy. In the Lord's Prayer, God is saying, Pray and fervently believe by the power of the Lord Jesus through his spirit that he reigns. That by his death, his blood and his resurrection, Jesus has conquered evil. God desires to not only transform our life and our lives, 
but the lives of those around us. See, through this prayer, it tells us that he wants to transform our life, but also the life of our friends, our family members, our work colleagues, people we meet on the street, everybody, not just everyone in Crow's Nest. I'm talking everyone in Sydney. I'm talking everyone in Australia and everyone throughout the world. God wants to transform the lives and the hearts of individuals throughout the world. But he just says, are we ready to submit our prayers to him? To believe that he can and he will answer those prayers. If we are not submitting our lives to him, church, and being dependent on him, then what's the point even praying? God can and God will do the rest. Let's just get on our knees and pray. You see, if Jesus is actually the model for our faith, then what does this actually mean for us? Jesus started his ministry with 40 days of prayer and fasting. Remember that rough time he had in the desert? That's how Jesus started his ministry, through prayer and fasting. How could you, as we approach 2015, launch with a bang? With a fresh dependence on God through prayer. Could you set aside 30 minutes a day to be focused on prayer for your family members, your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues and those around you? What would it look like if you only spent one minute of every hour praying that you're awake? That adds up to something like 15, 16 hours. I mean 16 minutes. What would that look like if you started prioritising prayer little by little and your heart and fervour for prayer grew? That God deeply imprinted on you the lives of those around you and you started praying and interceding for your friends and family members. Now, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian here today, I thank you so much for just checking this church thing out and listening in. I strongly encourage you to consider this Jesus guy's life and what he was all about. Why don't you at least try talking to God in prayer? See if he's out there. See if he's listening. See, life is so much easier when you can pray and simply trust God through faith. Growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so for me, Stepping out in faith and trusting God was a big thing. But when I finally did, when I finally chose to lay my life down and give it to him, I found freedom. I found a sense of determination. I found my identity. God came through in ways I couldn't fathom. So I implore you to at least check it out, to at least give it a go. But above all, friends, Everyone in this room right now, God simply desires us. He simply desires you and me. Don't get me wrong, he wants our prayers. But most importantly, he wants to be in an intimate relationship with you. 
He wants us to become so dependent on him. He wants our prayers to be an overflow of what he's doing in our heart. See, God treasures our heart and he deeply desires a dependent relationship with him. So wherever you're at today, can I ask, what is stopping you from taking that step? What's stopping you from actually stepping out of your comfort zone and asking for prayer from someone, from a family member, your spouse? What's stopping you from actually stepping out of your comfort zone and praying a little bit more? This world needs prayer. The circumstances of the last week just show to us and prove to us how much this world is crying out for prayer, how much this world is crying out for hope that isn't in and of itself. What would it look like if we stepped out in faith and started seeking God, started being dependent on Him through prayer and believing that God can and He will transform your life and those of the lives around you? Don't wait till tomorrow or next week, friend. God wants to work in your heart right now. But the question remains, will you let Him? So as we end the service today, I thought it would be very powerful if we all prayed together. If we all prayed and read the Lord's Prayer out loud. Sounds a bit different, right? Why not this week choose to commit to memorize and start modeling the Lord's Prayer in your life? Why not choose this week to become dependent on God through prayer? If you don't know the Lord's Prayer, as we repeat it, the words are up on the screen. So together, let's pray and offer our prayers to God in faith. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.